0: Amin rahim Inna alhamdulillah rabbil alamin nassta'inu wa nastaghfiruh wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min wa الله wa يقول الله في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حقا تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلحكم اعمالكم ويصلح لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتق الله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فاعلموا ان ان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي حدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشاروا الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه my dear brothers in Islam, please, if you would, let us come closer inshallah ta'ala and let us, inshallah, spend a few moments together and pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would make this a moment of increasing our iman inshallah. When the Sahaba and of Rasulullah When they would gather They would come together and say Let us come together For an hour to increase our iman So inshallah ta'ala We would like to take Benefit from this time And hope that Allah will bless us To Gain from our short talk tonight Inshallah And I pray Ya Rabbi ashlahi sadri yasilli amri before I begin, I would like to inform those who had requested yesterday for a copy of the uh, lecture or the paper that we read from yesterday on the topic of marriage to the women of from the people of the book. I'm going to ask if we can make some copies. Here or, uh, tonight or at least one copy that can be duplicated and you can get it, uh, as you like, inshallah ta'ala. You can scratch that, that number off there. So, uh. <laughs>
1: Tonight's
0: topic, inshallah ta'ala, Is going to be on a very very important aspect of our existence something that our total life depends upon and I want to talk about this topic and that is the sound heart and the importance of the sound heart of course with reference from the authentic evidences of our deen of Quran and Sunnah and then I will be making reference to this subject from a book entitled The Path to Guidance by Imam Ibn al-Qayyim al jawziyah Rahimullah Today society in the medical field, and the accomplishments of the 20th century we find that the subject of heart transplants and the ability of man to actually replace a heart, a human heart, has become almost commonplace. A few years ago, before this ability was achieved, when it was first done it was an amazing event that we almost regarded as a miracle I remember when the South African doctor performed the heart transplant, the first heart transplant it was something that had never been achieved before but today it's a common occurrence it's it's nothing to see A human heart being transported from one city to another in a refrigerated container to be delivered to someone in need of another heart. And millions and millions of dollars are spent to achieve these type of results. But how often do we put the same type of emphasis and effort on purifying the heart, cultivating that heart, which will take us to al-jannah. Our Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said in hadith reported by An-Nu'aman bin Bashir radhi The last part of which reads Ingnafi Ingnafil Jasadil Mudgatan either Solahat Solaha Solah al Jasadu Kulluhu or either Fasadat Fasadal jasadu Kulluhu Al A al Kalb that verily there is a piece of flesh in the body that if it is healthy the whole body will be healthy and if it is corrupt or if it is diseased the whole body will be corrupt will be diseased he said truly it is the heart according to the Ulema of our ummah There are various Types of hearts But basically They have categorized them into three Categories One is that heart Which is Dead And Allah describes In the Quran Those hearts Which Are dead describing the, the, those who reject the guidance of Allah, that they have been giving, they have been given sight but they cannot see, they are blind, they have been given hearing but they cannot hear and they have hearts which do not understand the dead. Then you have the hearts that are diseased and Allah describes those persons in whose hearts is a disease they attempt to deceive Allah and those who believe but they only deceive themselves and Allah has put a disease in their hearts and He has increased their disease and then you have the third category of hearts which is the Qalbin salim. salim. we find in Surah Al-Shu'ara a prayer of النبي إبراهيم عليه السلام وهي أسأل الله ربي حبلي حكما وأ... وألحق... وأ... وألحقني بِصَالِحِينَ وجعل لي لسانا صدق في الآخرين وجعلني من ورثه جنة النعيم واغفر لي لأبيه إنه كان من الضالين ولا تخزني يوم يبعثون يوم لا ينفع مال ولا بنون إلا من أتى الله بقوم سليم In this dua of an Nabi Ibrahim he asks Allah, my Lord, bestow the hukm, the religious knowledge on me and join me with the righteous and grant me an honorable mention in later generations and make me one of the inheritors of paradise of delight the paradise of delight and forgive my father for verily he is of the erring the the misguided and disgrace me not on the day when all creatures will be raised up or resurrected the day wherein neither wealth nor offspring or sons children will avail will be of any help except him who brings to Allah a clean heart, a sound heart that is clean from shirk, clean from nifaq. And indeed, Allah has answered His dua, that is the dua for granting Him honorable mention on the tongues of the later generations, alhamdulillah. And even though the Prophet Ibrahim, salam, He made this dua Thousands and thousands of years ago, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala responded to His du'a by giving us the Duroor al-Nabi, As-Salat al-Nabi. Allahumma Salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammadin kama salaita ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim. Inna ka hamidun Hamidum Majid. So, in this short du'a and of course we know that Allah did not forgive his father Azhar, for his shirk but he did answer most of the du'a and he answered it in his own time so this teaches us about the importance of being patient with our du'a sometimes we ask of Allah and we think that we should get The answer or the response right away. But we have to be patient and know that one of three things will happen when we make the dua. One, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer our dua and give us what we ask. Or two, He will delay the response. He will delay giving to us what we ask for and give it to us in the Jannah for three he will avert some calamity some fitnah, from coming upon us so we have to demonstrate patience inshallah taala as the prophet ibrahim demonstrated patience and now his name is remembered on the successive generations alhamdulillah rabbil alamin Alayhim as-salam salim the one who brings to Allah a sound heart Ibn Qayyim of Jawziyyah has said that the sound heart is one which is secure it is safe from shirk from associating partners with Allah from hatred from jealousy, from envy, from covetousness or desiring what others have, from kibr, from pride and from the love of world and leadership. It is a heart that is safe from every harmful thing which distances itself from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is safe from every type of doubt that contradicts the information given to us from Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the wahi from Allah. He says that this heart it is safe from every desire that opposes the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and from every wish that competes with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends for his slaves. It is safe from those things that cut, off, cut it off from Allah. So this sound and this safe heart, it is in Jannah in this world, it is in a paradise. In this world, and it is also in a paradise in the Barzakh, that is in the, in the grave, the, peri- the waiting period in the grave, as well as in the paradise on Yawma Qiyamah, in the day of resurrection. He goes on to say that the heart's safety and soundness cannot be perfected Absolutely until it is secure from five things One, from shirk, which nullifies tawheed And we know that we have major shirk and minor shirk Major shirk such as worshipping others besides Allah Seeking aid and assistance Guidance from others besides Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Giving what is due to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala To created things And then we have types of minor shirk Such as Araya Showing off Doing things to be seen So these things nullify the Tawheed in the heart. And the second matter which the heart must be protected from in order to be قَوْدٍ salim is from the innovation, from the bid'ah, which opposes the sunnah. And it is very very important for us to free ourselves from innovative matters, not because our Imam says so or our Shaykh says so or because this madhab says so or that madhab says so but, but because Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu he is the one that has cautioned us against the bid'ah and why is this an important matter? sometimes we think that maybe we spend too much on this topic of bid'ah but we have to guard against this because the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he would mention this in every khutbah to warn his ummah against the innovation. Because when you have an inno, when you have an innovation, when you practice an innovation, when we practice something that is not in the, in accordance with the Quran and the Sunnah, we're doing something. That is not legislated by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala or His Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In fact, it has been said that the one who innovates a matter in Allah's Deen, that he is in a worse situation than the than the sinner, than the one who commits sin. And for sure, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has said that all of us are sinners; that all of us we commit sins, big sin, little sin. But the best of the sinners are those who make tawbah, who make repentance to Allah, who return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the one who, who innovates in Allah's being, he's thinking that he's doing something right. And that by doing that, he's getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so he doesn't feel as though he has the need to ask for Allah's forgiveness. And in doing that, he gets further and further and further away from the Sirat Mustaqeen. And we ask that Allah save us from that, inshaAllah ta'ala. The third matter from which the heart must be safe and secure from, in order to be in salim, is from the desires and the lusts that oppose the commands of Allah. The Hawad, the Shahawa. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, حُجِبَة النَّار بِشَحَوَاتِ وَحُجِبَة النَّار بِمَقَّارِ That the hellfire, or the, the hellfire is surrounded by the desires. And the Jannah is surrounded by the the hardships, by the temptations. Not the temptations, pardon me, but the Jannah is surrounded by the difficulties. But the hellfire is surrounded by those things that we that we desire. So we have to guard against the desires of ourselves. Because if those desires are not in accordance with the sharia of Allah, then it can make our hearts to become diseased, it can cut our hearts off from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and for sure we will not be able to return to Allah with qalb salim. The fourth matter from which the heart must be protected from, is from heedlessness, that is from carelessness, from not heeding the remembrance of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. Allah has said in Surah Al-Hasr, يَا أَيُّهَا الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وَلْ تَنْذُرُوا نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَمَتْ لِغَدٍ وَتَقُوا الله إِنَّ اللهَ خَبِرٌ بِمَا يَتَعَمَلُونَ وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالّذِينَ نَسُوا اللهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنْفُسَهُمْ أُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْسِدُونَ O you who believe, have taqwa for Allah to the best of your ability do your duty to him and let every person look towards what he sends forth for tomorrow and fear Allah for verily Allah is all aware of what you do and do not be like those who forget Allah and so he caused them to forget their own selves for those are the fasiqun, the rebellious ones see there are many things that are in this dunya that are designed to steal our hearts away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And we have to know that unless we protect this heart, the word qalb also has a, the meaning of something that vacillates that's, that's not really firm, you know, it can go with various influences you see, whatever strong is strongest today, it'll go with. And so we have to really be very, very careful to guard the heart, because if we are not careful to guard it, to protect it by zikr, by remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and as Allah has said, and as we've mentioned during our visit, alhamdulillah, the the best way to safeguard the heedlessness of the heart, to prevent the heart from being unmindful and forgetful of Allah. As Allah says, Allah <laughs> Those who believe and in whose hearts find satisfaction with the remembrance of Allah. For verily really it is with the remembrance of Allah that the hearts find satisfaction. Tatma'inu qulub. Alhamdulillah. In fact, this tatmaeen this is one of the three stages of the soul. It is the highest stage of the soul. We know that we have, and this, this concept, alhamdulillah, of the nafs, the three stages of the nafs. This is, alhamdulillah, this is a remarkable, a remarkable explanation of the human, human being. That is found in the Quran, given to us over 1,400 years ago and only just recently in the 20th century has modern psychology come up with this idea of the, Id, the, the, the ego and the superego not to say that this is an exact correlation between that, but Allahu alam the first stage of the nafs is nafs al that nafs that is subjected to his hawa, his lower desires That is driven by the dunya, and then you have the the, that that self that is constantly holding himself accountable for his deeds, the self-accusing spirit as it's translated in some translations, where the conscious is constantly taking account what I did today, what rights have I violated today? Whose rights have I violated? What have I done haram today? And trying to make amends. This is nafs al Awama. And then you have nafs al al alhamdulillah which Allah tells us in the Quran in Surah al Fajr. He says, "Ya ayuhan nafsun mutmainna." Oh, one in complete rest and satisfaction. Yaa ayyuhannafsu... Yaa ayyuh... Ya ayuhan ayy... nafsun. Ya ayuhan. Ya ayi. Bihatan nafsun mutmainna. Erji <laughs> ila Rabbiki radya mardyi. Fadhulifi ibadhi wa dhalili jannati. Allah Akbar. This is a heart salim. Coming to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a sound heart. And the fifth matter that we must safeguard our hearts from are the desires that nullify the purity and sincerity of our intention. Those desires in the heart that will cancel the purity of our intention. Allah says in the Quran وَمَا إلَّا لِيَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ لَهُ دِينَ And they have been commanded nothing more than to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in purity and sincerity. For إِنَّمَا الْعَمَالُ بِالنِّيَ Every action is with intention, is judged by intention. So we have to safeguard our hearts from having the wrong intention. Well, we know the, the first ones that will be led to, to the jahannam will be the ones who had an impure intention will be Muslim we should seek refuge with Allah from that the one who is given knowledge of this deen and is known as a great Qari, a great reciter of Quran and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him on Yom qiyamah why did you learn this deen why did you teach this Quran, why did you recite Quran and he will say so that others will would would come to your your deen, so that others would worship you, Ya Allah. And Allah will say, No, you lie. You did it so that you would be known as a great reciter, a great party. And because of that, you got your reward in the dunya. You were known as such. So now go and find your place in the hellfire, and he'll be dragged on his face in the hellfire because of his impure intention. Well, he has a good. And then the one who is known as a great mujahid, great warrior in the cause of Allah, goes to all of the jihad. And Allah will ask him, "Why did you engage in jihad? So that your word, Allah, will be held high, so that Islam will be established and be defended." And Allah will say, la you lie. Go and find your place in the hellfire, because you only wanted to be known as a mujahid." And he will be dragged on his face into the hellfire And then the one who will be given wealth He will be given means to material accomplishment And he will be known as a charitable person Giving out mat zakah, mat And Allah will ask him, why did you do this? He will say, to alleviate the needy from our ummah And Allah will say, no, you lie see, Allah SWT, He is the one that is the reader of the hearts. He is the one in whose fingers are the hearts of all of humanity. And He turns them in whatever direction He so pleases. So alhamdulillah, we ask Allah SWT at least 17 times a day, اِهْدِنَا سِرَاطَ mustaqim," And Allah will tell him, you were known as a philanthropist, a great generous person But your intention was to be, to be known as such So therefore go and find your seat in the hellfire And he too will be dragged on his face And we seek refuge with Allah from that Many many people in society do good things And from the outer appearance it will appear as though they are good people Ted Turner gives millions of dollars to the United Nations Bill Gates gives millions of dollars to the inner city schools and we could go down the list and name all of the Fortune 500 members who are very very generous in their good deeds what would these deeds get them? Allah tells us in Surah Al-Kahf he says say shall we tell you the greatest losers in respect of their deeds you see a lot of people they think that Louis Farrakhan you know oh man he's he's on it you know he's he's the leader for the black man he's he's got a tremendous message you know he takes the drug addict out of the street and cleans him up and puts a suit on him and put a tie on him and gives him some newspapers and some fish and some bean pies to sell out in the community and oh this is wonderful. Allah ta'ala says, shall we tell you the greatest losers in respect of their deeds, those whose efforts have been wasted in this life while they thought that they were acquiring good by their deeds. They are those who deny the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They reject the Tawheed, La ilaha illallah. They reject the Prophethood of Muhammad. They reject the signs of their Lord and their meeting with with him. So their works, all of the good that they do, it will be in vain. And on the day of resurrection, no weight, no value will be assigned to those good deeds. So we have to guard against the, the desires which nullify the purity of our intention. That is why our Imam al-Bukhari, rahimullah, he began his collection of hadith with the very first hadith of the intention. إِنَّمَا Amalu remember the episode of one of the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, sallam who was engaged in battle against the kuffar and as he was fighting his opponent the disbeliever the disbeliever he pronounced the kalima shahada he said ashadu la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammadan rasulullah but the companion he killed him anyway because he thought that maybe he was just saying it to avoid being slain and when the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu الله عليه found out about this he asked him over and over and over again could you see into his heart? could you see into his heart? could you see into his heart? and the companion he wished that that he would have just come to Islam that day that he had been a new Muslim that would not have made such a bad mistake. So these five barriers, shirk, shirk which nullifies the Tawheed, the bid'ah which opposes the Sunnah, the, the Hawa which opposes the commands of Allah, the carelessness, the heedlessness which causes us to forget about remembering Allah, and the impure intentions the desires that make our intentions impure, these are five barriers which we have to guard our hearts against and we seek refuge with Allah from that. The great Imam Ibn Qayyim al rahimullah, goes on to say that the way to attain the knowledge that aids in establishing or cultivating al Bin Salim is that first the slave has to ask his Lord for Ulman nafia for useful knowledge. So we have the dua that Allah gives us in the Quran in which we should pray. Rabbi Zidni Ulma Rabbi Zidni Ulma and the Prophet Sallallahu he used to say, Oh Allah, benefit me with what you have taught me and teach me with that which will benefit me and increase me in knowledge. That is, in the knowledge of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala, of His commands, of what He has ordered the mankind. Secondly, we must strive to be sincere in the acquisition of this knowledge. We shouldn't be acquiring knowledge of this deen so that we would be from among those three who will be dragged on their faces. It should be for the pure intentions to purify our hearts, to bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes when we get knowledge, we're like two drivers in, the, in the, the dark of night driving towards one another with our bright lights on and what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to dim the lights but instead we keep the lights bright and end up in a big wreck. This is how people of knowledge get sometimes and we have this big them now where people from amongst our Ummah have been blessed with knowledge and now they're, the, they're like those driving down you see the doctors of Jahiliyyah with their bright lights on, and they, instead of dimming their lights, when they see so another student of knowledge coming, they keep their lights bright. Next thing you know, we have a collision, and now people are being thrown off of the minhads of Rasulullah wasallam, being called Muqtadi'a, being called Kafir billah, being boycotted. This is a great fitna that I believe, Wallahi. Wallahu alam, that is from the shaitan Another means to split, to split the ummah So we want to make sure that our intention is pure In seeking the knowledge of, of this deen The Prophet ﷺ said Whoever has learned knowledge by which the face of Allah is to be sought but he, does, but he does not do so Except for some worldly gain That he will not smell the fragrance of Jannah on yawm al-qiyamah Thirdly In making effort for this knowledge You have to exert yourself It's not going to come by osmosis Just because we come to a Or come to the masjid We read the little Quran we, we memorize a few hadith It takes tremendous effort And in doing so We have to overcome The nafs al that tends to want to be lazy I have a terrible habit myself of you know being fascinated by so many good books and wanting to read all of them and then you start one and before you finish I go to another one and I haven't finished that one then you go this is, this is, not, this is not good for someone who is striving to attain knowledge The ulema are advised Get one book and stick with it Study it They even encourage us to memorize the books Memorize usulul falal Memorize Aqidatul tahawiyya So we have to make Very very tremendous effort Just like we make effort when we go out to work You know, we want to raise, we want recognition from our company You know We want to get a promotion And we know that that takes effort The same applies, even more so in Acquiring the knowledge of this deen We have to have the true desire and keen interest to do so for the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Imam Shafi, Rahimullah, he has said Ya, you will not acquire knowledge except by six matters. And I would inform you of their detail with an explanation. Number one, with intelligence, with zeal, with striving, with competence and proficiency, and with companionship of a teacher, and a long time. A long time. Some of us don't have the patience to stick with the task of acquiring knowledge of this deen. But it takes sabr. And knowing that we're not going to get it all in one sitting or one year, not even in a lifetime. But inshallah ta'ala, we ask Rabbi's ilmah and that he give us ilmah al Fourthly, Regarding the ways of attaining the knowledge that will help us to achieve Qalbun Saleem. Is that we must avoid all masiyah, as much as we possibly can. Avoiding all of the sin and disobedience of Allah by having the taqwa. For indeed, this is one of the greatest, if not the greatest of means. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the best of provisions is the taqwa. The best of provisions is the taqwa. He said in Surah baqarah from the longest ayah, وَتَقُوا اللَّهَ وَيُعَلِّمُكُمُ اللَّهُ وَتَقُوا اللَّهَ وَيُعَلِّمُكُمُ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْنَ عَلِيمُ That have taqwa for Allah and Allah will teach you. And this is clear proof and evidence that the one who has taqwa of Allah, that Allah will grant him, inshaAllah ta'ala, knowledge by which he will be able to distinguish truth from falsehood. Ya ayyuha alazeena amanu, tattakuulaha furqana. O you who believe, if you have taqwa of Allah, He will grant you a criterion to judge, to distinguish between truth and falsehood. Fifthly, in regards to this matter of attaining beneficial or beneficial knowledge, is the encouragement to not be shy, nor be arrogant in seeking the knowledge. To neither be shy at on one extreme, nor be arrogant on the other extreme in seeking the knowledge. And this is why Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, she said, how excellent are the women from the Ansar, Because their shyness and their modesty, and they were shy, alhamdulillah, and may Allah be pleased with them, that didn't prevent them from understanding the deen. Umm Sulaim, radiallahu anha, she said, O Messenger of Allah, Allah is not ashamed of the truth. So is it necessary for a woman to make ghusl when she has the wet drink? And he said, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, if she sees the fluid And Mujahid said that the shy person and the arrogant one will not learn the knowledge And finally, in regards to the matter of acquiring the beneficial knowledge that will give us Qalb and Salim Is that we must act upon that which we know We must act upon that which we know The Messenger said that a servant, a servant's two feet, will not move on the day of judgment until he is questioned about four things: his youth and how he spent it, his knowledge and how he acted upon it, his wealth and how he earned it, how he spent it, and his body, how he used it or abused it. He, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, also said. A man will be brought on the day of judgment, and he will be thrown in the fire. And his his uh, his entrails, his guts, will pour out, and it will be said, Did you not use to order the good and forbid the evil? He will say, I used to command you with good, and I did not do it myself. And I used to forbid the evil, and I used to do the evil myself. So my brothers, Alhamdulillah. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has benefited us from these few words that we've shared with you tonight. For sure, I am not, I'm probably the least among you. Allah knows best in regards to the knowledge of this deen. And I ask Allah's forgiveness for my errors and wherever I may have been inefficient. And I ask His forgiveness. Yes, the brother asked if I would share with you how I became Muslim Because these stories often touch the hearts of the believers And reinforce our Iman Bismillah, al-kareem I became Muslim in 1976 Alhamdulillah, and I had just graduated from college and prior to that I had become familiar with the word Islam in America from the exposure to the Nation of Islam. Because this movement, this movement called the Nation of Islam, it was a very, uh, really very extraordinary, you know, it was just strange. It was strange. Not the type of strangeness that Rasulullah says, of course. But I had the opportunity when I was in the 10th grade to invite the minister of the so called temple, Muhammad's temple in Washington, D.C., to speak uh, at my high school. And I went to a predominantly Caucasian Catholic high school, all boys. And he came there teaching this way out message of mythology. That the black man is God and the white man is the devil. And even though this was something that was really shocking, it continued to spur my, my interest to want to find out the truth. So while I never could accept that doctrine, and I visited their temples and it was just something about it that, you know, your heart couldn't be comfortable with. I remember one day we were out selling the newspaper. You know, this was supposed to be training. You yeah, the a Muhammad Sikh newspaper. And we went, in, in Washington, D.C., we went up to an old elderly Caucasian lady's house, elderly white lady's house, and I asked the brother, there's a brother with me who's been, he's a soldier, as they call him. I said, what, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to sell her the paper? She's the devil. <laughs> Stop for love. <laughs> no, no, she's the devil. She's she not going to buy it. Stop for love. I didn't stay with that at all. But I began to study independently during college, you know, about Islam and I, I met Muslims from other countries, and after Eliza Muhammad died in 1975 and his community began to uh, approach the correct teachings of Quran and Sunnah, uh, that's when I took my Shahada. and From then I uh, became involved in the community as it was known at that time, the World Community of Islam in the West, and then it evolved to some other uh, names but I left that community and became a part of the uh the broader community of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jamaah in, in uh, 87 and I've been there ever since and I pray Allah keep me on that path in ta'ala. It's no, it's not getting bigger in fact it's is getting smaller and before you know it it will be in the dustbin of history Allah, Allah. is a good question, alhamdulillah. Actually, we, we pray the Allah guide them to come to, to the sunnah, to the Quran and sunnah. And many of them are. Uh, in fact, the most recent information I got is that uh, the Louis Farrakhan announced as follows that he retired. He's not going to be doing public speaking anymore because you know he's got prostate cancer. And so. And I've also heard that he's kind of sending his group towards uh, maybe a Sophia, aloha. But they have only one, two ways to go. Either they're going to disappear or they come to Quran and Sunnah. There is part the, the, the
1: part to go and it's easier to those
0: to, the, to the, the, the... ones who are doing that, yes, the ones who are doing that are the community of, of Warathuddin Muhammad. They're making that effort because a few years ago they kind of came together... Until death do you part. And, you know, they said that they were going to try to work together. So they're trying to make that effort. Allah Allah. But as long as they promote on the back of their newspaper, the final call, you see principles and statements that are in total contradiction to the correct Aqidah of Islam. You know, this takes them out of the fold of Islam. As long as they believe that Allah came in the person of a human being, Name Farad Muhammad or W.D. Farad or whatever you want to call him This is pure shirk, major shirk That takes them out of the fold of, of Islam They put them in kufr As long as they deny the Qiyamah, Yom qiyama, they deny this on their paper They say that this is a phys, that it's, it's not a physical place it's, it's, it's some place that's going to you know, happen on this earth And the judgment is going to begin with the, the so-called deaf, dumb and blind, negro, or african-american you know, this is the acts of kufr that take him out of the fold. We seek refuge with Allah from that. Yes, Rashid. Do you remember like, the like, of life that you were after you were the of uh, Alhamdulillah, it was like a burden had been removed from my from my shoulders and it's like the pieces of a puzzle. Oh yes. The brother asked, Do I remember what my what it felt like, what my consciousness was like coming from Christianity to Islam. And so uh, uh, I was saying that it, it was as if a burden had been removed, a burden of, of ignorance had been removed from, from my mind, from my life, and all the pieces of a, of a puzzle came together. Alhamdulillah. And, of course, you know, with that was the, the, the peace, the order, the discipline that comes with Islam. excuse
1: me
0: I'm sorry I I can't hear you. did I feel restless oh buddy I was bouncing off the walls I wanted to escape from that as soon as possible because it was hmm? you know there was no peace in Christianity there was always conflict I mean you, you know here you have religious leaders who are or drinking alcohol. I mean, you know, they go there and I used to be an altar boy. I remember going up in the church with the altar boys after school, playing hide and go seek, and then going into the the sanctuary where they keep the wine. And while I didn't do it, but my friends, they went in the refrigerator and raided the, the refrigerator. And here the priest goes and he drinks this and and he's you know kind of tipsy. I think yesterday we had a kind of tipsy one too at the program, but who knows best. <laughs> No, but, it, you know, it it created more problems than it solved. And one of the problems that it created, because I, my mother, she suffered from a condition called manic depression for mo- most of her adult life. May Allah rest her soul. Alhamdulillah, before she died, she took her shahada, and Allah called her back on Yom Juma Afi Ramadan. But... Persons who have, and I've worked with persons in who suffer from that disease and experience, you know, various uh, institutional settings. They have they have a, a distorted illusion that, that somehow they they may see themselves as being Mary, or they may see themselves as being Jesus, or they may see, see themselves as having you know the baby Jesus in their stomach. So it's caused real serious psychotic problems in the society. I know what I felt like, I don't know what they felt like, but I know I felt lost. Yeah, he asked, uh, do, do we know what the Christians feel like when they pray to Jesus? I can only imagine that they, they're in a state of emotional euphoria and blindness. Allah tells us in the Quran that they're, you know, you know, because here you're praying to an object, a, a statue, you know, that's not going to help you in any way. You receive more more misguidance on the wrong path.
1: Any more questions, inshallah? Especially from the society, you can write the questions down if you have any. Any of the brothers on the floor? Just a uh, little clarification. I know Brother somebody um, is well aware of it, but I just don't want the brothers to misunderstand. And this is uh, the issue of the Nation of Islam and Warth or W.D. group. Um, but somebody can explain it better than I can do. I can, I can explain. It. But you have to understand, it's true. When uh, the leader died and the son took over, he took a major step towards ahad Sunnah and Jamaa, And he ab- ab- abandoned what... Well his father was calling to him. being God, God being black, angels being black, everything that we've talked about since you talked about since yesterday. And that is a very it was a big change for the movement itself. But at the same time, now that they, they took major steps. They're not clear about a lot of issues. So the issue, they say, still, a good number of them still praise the leader of the founder of the, founder of the nation of Islam. And based on what we understand of the Sharia, a man who claims to be a prophet or claims that Allah is a human being is not in the arena of Islam. The other thing that they need to correct themselves through is which is one of the many things that they need to correct they still think, a good number of them still think that the Christian and the Jew are Ahl Jannah their religion is okay and they can they can marry from our daughters and we can marry from them and when you come to them and you say what about what, what, Allah, what, about what Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Bayyinah they say no. They understand differently. So the idea in a lot of aspects it needs a lot of work. It needs a major change. Because you can't say that al Naslami and Yahoodi and myself are all headed towards Jannah and he's okay and I'm okay and the other ones is okay then why we he have to convert to Islam and revert to Islam? he may as well stay in Christianity when Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala calls these people Mushrikeen and they say no, Allah did not call them they're not Mushrikeen, but they are Jannah so if they understood the magnitude and the power of this statement that they're saying, they're using, then they would be out of the fold of Islam. But most of the common people, they are only common people, they just follow. They just follow. And the leader of that group, his daughter is married to a Christian. So when you say, how, how did they do this? He will tell you that the Ahl Al-Kitab Jannah, they okay, so it is halal for them and for us to be together The major thing that also they need to emphasize and do something about it is the issue of Ilm They mostly take their Ilm from Him That's why they have what they call the language of WD They have their own language he explains the Qur'an in, in his own terms he has his own tafsir he can't do this, and the man doesn't even speak Arabic he cannot do this, he cannot be a mufassir of the Qur'an not knowing the basic element or the equipment or the tool for, for interpretation of the Qur'an so, I know the brother Hunsabri he um, just uh, went through all of this but I, I felt that like we need to emphasize and make understand this that when we say yeah they came from nation of Islam that, they, that we don't mean that it's, everything is fine with them because there's a lot of things in aqidah aspect in fiqh aspect, in manners aspect needs to be uh, clarified and needs to be taught. Uh, this a question that came from the sisters.
0: The question that reads how do you convince a Christian to adapt Islam and why should he leave his religion to, to adopt another? Well, Allah tells us in Quran that we invite to Islam with, with with hikmah and with a beautiful preaching. And we argue with him in ways, or debate with him, talk with him in ways that are better. We also uh, teach by our actions. We, we guide him to this way by demonstrating the... the uh, the, the greatness of this deen in our character in our dad in our moral principles in the way to in our justice in our fairness and honesty so we have to show them that if if what they have is better then we'll be willing to accept it if what they have is better can solve the problems of humanity then for sure why not but if we know that what they have will not solve the problems just like you go into a store and you, 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 you have the choice of two different types of detergents. One, you know, gets white clean, but the, the another detergent gets white cleaner. So you're going to take the one that gets the the, the the white clothes cleaner, than the one that may leave them a little dingy. So again, we have to follow the limhaz of Rasulullah, for he was the first daddy of this deen, and we convey the message by our words but more importantly by our actions Shana, one from Salat insha'Allah,
1: brother Alhamdulillah uh,
0: i just like to say uh, Alhamdulillah I praise Allah for your wonderful hospitality and the few days that you've shared with us uh, with Brother Hakim al Rajwan. Mahmoudun Jai, alhamdulillah, who is still here, by the way. And Brother Hussein, we've really enjoyed our visit to Calgary, and we pray that Allah enables, enables us to come back, uh, inshallah ta'ala. We'll make dua for you, and please keep us in your dua as well. I love you for the sake of Allah.